because you're younger than I am. <laughs> so these words mean a lot on a day where you've been to a funeral. Jesus conquered the grave. Hallelujah. Don't sing those words <coughs> without thinking about it. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to follow that line? Amen. <laughs> Woo, how are you? Great. Good. Good. All right, I'm going to get you up here in a second. I want to, sometimes I feel like I do a, uh, when I first start, I, I feel like doing a, What's the guy's name? The nighttime guys, the like an opening monologue. Yeah, you know. So I want to do an opening little monologue, but the reason I do that is to remind us of where we are. Isn't that cool? And to let you just sit in the silence just for a second so you can wrestle yourself. Let the day shake off. You see, when you walked in the door, your family. It may have been the first time you ever walked in it, but your family. And for those that it was the first time you walked through the door, you'll learn real quick we care not about an address but that the only person that we care about is this guy named Jesus. And that is just as mom said, you really got to let that sink in because we sing it. If, if Most of us in this little barn right now have, have traipsed through these halls of Christendom for a while. And what we have decided to do is that we're going to strip away everything that takes our sight off of Him. And a lot of times that has to do with money and buildings and places and we say we're just going to focus on him and we're going to focus on how he made us uniquely and we're going to join together whenever my passion matches up with someone else's passion and it has no uh, bearing on where you go for an hour on a weekend it has everything to do about living out your passion on a monday and a tuesday and a wednesday and a thursday and a friday and a saturday and a Sunday. It's just because we've said that you never have to commit to your passion. And that we'll learn tonight that if I'm stuffing down my passion, what I'm doing is I'm actually stuffing down the Jesus in me. That He's just fighting to get out. And if I'm wanting Him to stay down in there, it's because I'm operating in some type of fear that I'm afraid that the world just may not accept. Therefore, that's the reason of the Holy Spirit that we've been singing about. And that's what I want us to, to focus on tonight. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take just a quick break from Hebrews. We've been traveling through Hebrews. and See, last Sunday, last Sunday was Pentecost. It means 50 days. And we're going to take ourselves back to why. Why the Pentecost? Why? The world, the, the Christians are all around the world say, man, it's Pentecost. Well, how come? Why do you participate in it? What's the big deal? Who gives a rip? We're going to find out. It's a big deal. And so in the reminding is what we do is that we get to encourage one another in that. So let's do that. If Look around the room just real briefly before you get up. 
Go ahead. And the last thing, I, I kind of get tickled at this. I, I've seen this or read it somewhere where people are really taking a lot of attention to their particular place being either multicultural or uh, multiracial or whatever. And I'm thinking, I keep reading in this book that when we say yes to Christ, that we're all the same. So why am I drawing attention to that? When we're all the same in Him. So man, I'm glad to be with y'all. I've missed you. So everybody stand up and go find somebody you do not know. And that way you will know them after today. Okay? I know you. Yeah. Smell good. <laughs> no, I don't care. I didn't have to I know you have. Likewise. I know. I know. Hey, it's a man. Okay. Who? Savannah? Been there. Been there once. That's not my wife, Pop. No. You can do whatever you want to do. Thank you. That's my hair on. Alright, here we go. Hey, do you want to pray? And who's this bucket that's crapping young man here? <laughs> Alright, here we go. I don't remember where they are. Here's the best book in the Bible. One of the best things. I go to it all the time. Favorite content. It's okay not to know everything. That's why it's in there. So what we'll do is we'll set this up and you read Psalm 100. Okay? Because that's just what we've done. Uh, hey, here we go. All right. Hey, gang. I'm going to set it up just a little bit. Am I? No. Here we go. Hey, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I bet I've said a bunch, don't All right, now, look. What we, have, what we have said since day one is that there's a lot of times that this place can be the first time that you'll press out of yourself to maybe hear yourself either pray or read a verse. And this would be the case for little Morgan. You see, because here's the deal. If we won't do it here, in the safest place ever, you'll not ever do it out there. 
And so that's our heart, is that you'll do it here, and you start to hear yourself say this guy's name, Jesus, and it gets a little bit easier out there because then you start to pastillo, believe that you are who he says you are. So she's going to open us up in a song of 100. So you just drink this in. Go ahead. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Way to go. Way to go. Man, that stuff fun does me. She'll never be back again, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, real quick, there was one person that did that. <laughs> there was one. They moved to East Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll not ever do that to me again. <laughs> mm, all right, here we go. We're eventually going to be in the book of John, so you can go ahead and grab that and, and flip over to John 14. Man, I just, uh, this past week we were in Haiti, and there's several of the guys that were in here that went with us to Haiti. I see Allie and, and Bass and Pow Pow. Am I missing anyone? And so there was uh, where we stayed over in Haiti. There, we one of the folks got the Wi-Fi going, and so it was considered the Wi-Fi tree. And so one one day I was I was at the Wi-Fi tree reading, and I read what after if you were here last Saturday, what Jordan shared with you guys, and that statement that he made with you, man. I mean, I absolutely I started getting up and just jumping up and down and going, yes, yes, yes. And if you weren't here, the statement was, we can't live past the identity we accept. And it goes a lot in what Pop was just talking about, that if I continue to drag this identity of anything that is not who Jesus says I am, then I'm dragging something along that is not of Him. And so then it really does start to make sense why we as a people will go and to start medicating that, trying to escape it in whatever way that is. It's not necessarily the biggies. It can, it can be anything that I'm using to try to get away from me. Mm-hmm. And so in that, what I'd been doing this past week was actually studying about Pentecost. And I actually, you know, I'm saying, wow, we're 50 days out of that. I said, why did God even set that up to begin with? It's in the Old Testament. And going, why did he even set that up? And, and if you took the time and if you went back and, and read Exodus 34, 22, or Leviticus 23, 15 through 22, or Deuteronomy 16, 16, or Chronicles, you'll see all the references to Pentecost. It's, it's like this feast. It's the first fruits. And Paul even said, He said in Colossians, he said, all of these things are a shadow of what Jesus is going to bring. So I'm trying to think, okay, that's cool, I get that. And so so now that I'm in this new 
We're living in this time where Jesus we know is resurrected. We're 50 days past. And so I want to go back and see why is that important that Jesus came 50 days? Because some scholars even think that when Moses got the commandments, depending on who you talk to or read, some of the folks think that when Moses received the commandments, that that was 50 days after the first Passover. That it was approximately that time frame. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But what about us today? Why is that so significant? Well, let's go find out. So let's go to John. One of the things when you go there, that if you, when you go back, and I am encouraging you to go back to read those in, in Exodus and Deuteronomy, what you'll see, and here's the why. It's in honor of. In remembrance of me. That all those times are set up. They said God is saying, look, Moses, here's what I want you to do for generation after generation in remembrance of me, for honoring me to let others know that you believe in me, the one and only God. So that makes sense to me. And so we go down and we see uh, John. And just to kind of set this up, we're going to get in John 14. By this time, when we get to John 14, we, we see that Jesus has, has already washed the feet of the disciples. They're in the Last Supper. They're in the room. Okay? And Jesus is walking them through what's going to happen. He's been living life with these guys for three years. And so here it is. It's the festival 50 days prior to Pentecost. And Jesus and the boys are following it to the letter. Jesus being the Passover lamb. Taking the place of the lamb that the guys for generations before would bring to the temple. And Jesus is coaching them up and He's washing the feet and He's saying, look, as I've done for you, you do to others. As I've loved you, you love others. And He's telling them and He's setting it up and He's saying, look, where I'm going, He said, my Father is setting up many rooms. If it weren't so, I would tell you. And is Jesus a liar? No. Does Jesus ever lead us astray? No. But yet we still have this battle, and the thing is, is that we can climb in this boat with the disciples because they battled it. They lived life with him for three years. And we're going to see here pretty soon that in Jesus or in John thirteen, thirty four to thirty five, look what he says. Look how he sums all this up. Let me go back to verse 20 first. This is in John 13, 20. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. And what he's saying, he's saying, look, anyone that receives me, anyone that takes me in, anyone that believes me welcomes the messenger. And so we see in 13, 1334 and 35, he said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. And you guys know this because you're doing it. And that commandment is, love each other just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will do what, gang? Amen. It will prove to the world that you belong to me. So here we are, let's go in John 14. I'm going to start in verse 15 and read down here. 
He says, if you, obey, if you love me, obey my commandments. Now, quick time out. Remember that through Hebrews, we've learned what this word obey means. It means to hearken. It means to listen. It means to receive. And what did we just read that His commandments were? Love each other. Yeah. There's not this other list. There's not this subtitle list that He gives underneath there that He's bringing in the old. Remember before He'd said, I've come to fulfill that. I'm fulfilling everything that you have even thought about that Moses came through. And we've seen that Moses and the the law that he gave is not satisfactory. Everything that Moses and the gang were doing points to me. The great I Am is on the scene. And it's coming to pass. So he says, look, he said, in verse 16, he said, and I will ask the Father... And He will give you another advocate. It's a paraclete. It's a helper. It's the counselor. Who will what, gang? Never leave. He will help you and what? Never leave. Never leave. Now, quick time out. We got, how many of us think that sometimes when we have these questions, we go, God, where are you in this? Lord, do you not see this chaos going on in my world? Where are you? What does this say? Never. So it's a point of battle that I've got to jump back over here and say, He's with me. He must be wanting to teach me something through this. Because gang, a lot of the chaos that has ever happened in my life, Bivo created it. (laughs) Right? Now I get there's a lot of chaos that does happen to us that is inflicted upon us, but even in that, what does this say? It's how we react to that. It's how we respond to it. 17, He identifies this Helper. He says, look, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you now (laughs) and later will be what? In you. How many of us have ever said that He's left me? I don't know, but my book (laughs) says He's in me. So the thing is, is that since we know that and we're in this setting where it's almost flannel board time and we're going, yes, Jesus never leaves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Let me take you to the time there was no Bible. They're trying to drink this in and there's none of these that they can go to. Can you imagine the looks on their faces? You're ne- you just said, Lord, that you're going to leave me. You just said that there were these many rooms in the Father's house, and yet you're leaving. Now you're saying that you're not? And you're going to come in what way? Holy who? Holy Spirit. So the thing is, is why do we wrestle the fact that we think that times He does leave us? You hold that one for a second. We'll come back to it. Because I want to leave me. Amen. I want out. (laughs) He's got to want out. Wrap it up. Let's go. (laughs) Right on. And the thing is, He don't want you to leave you. Right? Ah, that's so cool. 21, let's see. Oh, wait a minute. 18 says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Verse 21, those who accept 
means to receive, to take to oneself. My commandments, class, what are the commandments? Yeah, and what is the last piece of that one where it says that when we're to love each other as what? And what else? As yourself. See the big one that mom just said? I want to get away from me. I'm not digging me right now. I'm just absolutely doing some of the cruddiest things ever. Man, I really, really am awful. I would use some other words, but I'm going to refrain. But those are the words that we speak in. They're false agreements. Jordan talked to you guys about that last week. And the thing is, is that why am I speaking something into me that is contrary to the one that made me? that sink in? Because see, we'll whoop ourselves a lot of times because we know where to whoop. We know which button to push. And God's going, gee whiz, man. I don't, I don't see that. It's almost like He's over and going, Bivo's kicking himself here a little bit. I don't believe that. that, that that's not who He is. He's going to get it. Just love Him. So those who accept and they receive it, they are the ones who love me and because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. But when the Father sends the Advocate, that's the Helper, as my representative, He will teach you in everything and remind you everything I have told. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do, you will what? Believe. Big word. Huge word. And so now, let's fast forward. Where are you in your belief? Put yourself in the room. Put yourself with the guys that just got up from the table. He just told everyone, he said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are one of my disciples. That you are a person that believes in me. That you are a person that will love me and that you will love others as yourself. And the night comes when Jesus is getting whipped. And you were at the table and you were with the one that said, Man, Lord, I'll never leave you. I will die with you. And that guy's name was Simon Peter. And so you're at the barrel and you kind of see what's going on. And one by one you see folks just fleeing, running for their lives. There's a girl that comes up to Peter said, you were with Him. No! 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 And He runs. And the cool thing about that is that where did He know to run to? And look who He ran to. Others who had ran before Him. There was a lot of me too's in the room. Can you imagine the energy that he pounded on the door to let himself in? Let me in! Jeez, let me in! And so they're waiting. They are remembering to wait. Jesus told them, said, you wait in Jerusalem until I send the Helper. Let's go to Acts 1. We're days later. Acts 1, verse 4. 
It said, once He, that's Jesus, was eating with them, the disciples, He commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so verse 9-15, through 15, we, we catch this scene that Jesus is going up. You see, in those 40 days, Jesus came and showed Himself to the disciples and others that He had conquered the grave. <laughs> I know you're not getting that at all. <laughs> You really, I mean, we just sang, conquered the grave. Mom came up here and said, hey, there's this our friend of ours, Bart Warner. He's conquered the grave because Jesus conquered it first. Yes. You see, Bart said, I believe that Jesus is who He says He is. I believe that I am who Jesus says I am. Therefore, Bart ain't in that box. <laughs> there ain't no box going to hold Bart. There's no box going to hold you. He's in with Jesus. Amen. Right? He conquered the freaking grave! And so the thing is, here's the thing, they don't know that yet. They still don't know that yet. They're behind locked doors when Jesus comes and the Holy Spirit is blown through them. Chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place. They had dwindled themselves down to 120. They fled like crazy. All the believers were together. So let's, let's pretend. You want to? Let's pretend that that door is locked. And that we're the 120. You want to? Yeah. I do. We're going to. <laughs> we're in the room. And man, we're hunkered down. And going, do you really think that's going to happen? What did he say? Do you remember, Matthew? What did he say that night, man? I wasn't really listening. John, what did he say? Was it today? <laughs> Chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with what? The Holy and began doing what? Alright, now gang, please do not get caught up on that. Please do not get caught up on that. Because the rest of it says, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Is that a gift of the Spirit? Absolutely. Do I have it? Nope. Do others that I love have it? You better believe they do. Seen it. Believe it. Lived it. Do others have the gift of healing? You better believe they do. I've seen it, lived it. We just came from it. We're li yeah, I'm not going to get on that. <laughs> then here we go. Then Peter stepped forward in verse 14. Remember, that's the same guy that ran. It's the day of Pentecost. Here's the Holy Spirit. Peter steps forward. Verse 15, he said, he goes, hey, look. These people are not drunk. <laughs> he said at that point, it's too early in the morning. If you were anything like me in my heyday and, and that, it didn't matter what time it was. It was 5 o'clock somewhere. 
Praise God, it doesn't anymore. Amen. <laughs> know what you see. He goes, no. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out My Spirit upon all people. Thousands of years ago. Before. He speaks it through this prophet Joel. He says, I'm going to pour Myself out into people that will receive Me. And here's the day. You ever prayed for something and really in the depths of your soul you don't really think it's ever going to happen? Let this change your prayer life. Please. Please. He does not abandon. So that's why even on our little website we've got pour out. How am I going to pour? He's poured in, so how am I going to pour out? God did. He's modeling it. He's saying, look, I'm going to pour myself out into you. I'm just emptying myself out into you. Will you do the same? So in those last days, again, he says, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all people. And then Peter just lets it loose, man. You know, for the next verses down to 8 to 36, he just tells everyone on the scene, Peter is up and he's barking. And there's a big crowd, gang. Because the next thing we see, looking uh, down in 37, it said, His words, Peter's words, pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? They're amazed. Because I think the odds are pretty good that some of the folks that were there were on the scene uh, 50 days prior. 53 days prior. 50 days prior. 53 days prior. That where they saw this guy say, no, I'm not with him. And here he is now telling everybody that will listen, that which is within earshot, that Jesus is who He says He is. That Jesus has conquered the grave. And that He has just poured Himself into me. And I'm going to let the world know. Peter replied after that question, what should we do? Do you have the answer when folks say, what should I do to get what you have? You ready? I believe you are. I've seen you in action. If, if, you, if you're a little unsure, then let's get that one settled before you walk back out that door. Okay? We'll help you with that. Verse 38, Peter replied, each of you must repent. And that means change your mind. It means to turn. He said, I want you to change your mind about your sins, which is unbelief. It's missing the mark. You're not having a share. I want you to have a share in God through your belief. That's what he says. I want you to turn to Him and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll have what? Has everyone in this room received the gift? Please let it be so. Yes. This promise is to you and your children, even to the Gentiles, all who have been called, invited by the Lord our God. And Peter continued for a long time. (laughs) We might not have been able to hang out in that bunch. Strongly urging all the listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Listen to what he says in 41. Those who believed, which means received and accepted, were baptized and added to the church that day. And it's about 3,000. Now gang, quick time out. Don't listen to that. Don't you listen to that. 
Thank you, Lord. Don't you listen to that. <laughs> we're on the scene. We're on the scene. And we're kind of looking at Peter in amazement going, oh my gosh, what is he doing? What in the world is he doing? And all of a sudden, you see this throng of 3,000 folks coming at you. We want what you have, brother. Peter. We want that. And so we're part of it. And so he starts dividing everybody up. In my little telehoma math, I've done it before. If we're part of the 120, that means that you've got 25 folks. You've got 25 people. And he'd go, hey, John, Rita, you go over here. You take these folks. Kyle, you take these. Here, Lynn, you take those over there. And he's going to want you to coach them up and love them up on what grace, mercy, compassion, and Jesus is, and you do not have this. You don't have the book. How did they do it? What was the difference in Peter from 53 days ago that said no to the man that stood up and said Jesus is who He says He is? He went from refusal to flat out He is who He says He is. Who's the difference in Him? Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Is that the difference in us? I believe so. How do we coach up the folks that don't quite get? I got a little story for you to, as we as we start to close. As I told you this past week that we spent a week in Haiti, and a lot of times when Deb and I have this opportunity to sit down with folks, we do a lot of chatting, living life with folks in our not only in our home but just anywhere. But especially if some if somebody or someone's come to us in crisis mode, what I desire to do is to find out where they are spiritually. And so we'll, here's the first question a lot of times. is say, hey, where are you spiritually? What's going on with you? And there are a lot of times, almost all the time, they will tell me where they go to church. <laughs> and I say, man, that's a great barn. Love those folks over there, but that's not what I ask you. Where are you? Where are you spiritually? And they'll look at me and go, well, I don't really know what you mean, Bibbo. <laughs> and I said, there was a day that you walked forward and you put your hand in the hand of a preacher and you said, I want Jesus. What were you after that day? Why? What got you up out of that seat and walked forward and said, you want this guy? And is it the same reason today? Well, I can count on two hands how many can answer that question. Most of them will get the eternity piece. I'm telling you, gang, out of hundreds of folks, it's about six or seven when I ask them, how is your faith today helping you? How is the empty tomb of Christ helping you right now at 657 here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, sitting here? How's it helping you? Most can't answer it. I go to Haiti and ask that same question. And they flat get it. 
you see, because I'm standing there, we're, we're standing there this week, and these guys here throughout the year will go around and they're, they're knocking on every door they can. They're chatting with anybody to listen. Will you give us some cash so we can go over to a place that has no water? And so they're collecting it. And this time last year, there was a well drilled over in, in a couple of places. And to see the progress of what water, what living water makes for a people. <laughs> and so we had this translator and we're asking these questions. And we see this one guy. We go to this uh, little village called Shada. How old do you think this guy was? He looked like he was 80. He may not be much older than me. A little bit, he was the coolest looking little dude ever. Had these nice little shorts on. And, but guys, they're living in stick huts. You've seen, you've been out, anybody that's been out to the lens, her barns are Taj Mahal's compared to what our, our brothers now, our brothers and sisters in Christ are cohabitating in. It's hard. So here's this dude, man, we pull up and there's 18 people. And here he is, he's got this cool little hat on, and we're chatting with him. And this guy gifts the land that the well was drilled on. He gives, you remember the verse about the woman that dropped in everything she had? This dude don't eat. Here you go. And you ask him, What's leading you to do that? How, how do you get through these days? How is your faith important to you today? And without a moment's pause, it's the Holy Spirit of Jezzy. <laughs> Jezzy. That's all they got. You have a Bible, sir? No. I have no Bible. They'll walk an hour and a half. They'll walk two and a hours just to hear somebody open this up and read it. And I don't say that to try to shame us in any shape, form, or fashion. It's just an eye-opener to me to say, look, gang, you answered it boldly. Holy Spirit, when am I being led by Him? In my day-to-day, when am I being led by the Holy Spirit? When am I died to self and everything that I'm doing is to Jesus roaring through me? Well, let me give you some examples of when that happens. Alright? And so maybe you can start latching on to these and going, yeah, okay. How many of us have ever been afraid to have conversations with anyone? <laughs> How many of us have ever walked away from that conversation? old self how many of us have ever walked through that conversation that we didn't want to Holy Spirit that's the Jesse in you pushing you through that so what is yours today who are some folks in your midst that don't get this like you do is it in our families? Am I going to go home with some of them? Do my kids get this? You know, our heart is for parents to be pastors in your home. Do they get it? Do my kids get this? Go home and ask them. Don't, don't, don't take it for granted, gang. Go home and ask your children, Hey, gang, 
If they've said yes to Jesus, you eyeball them and say, why did you say yes? Why? Because they've got to be able to answer that. It will help us get through all the stuff, right? Last thing. Romans 8. You don't have to go there. Just drink this in. Romans 8, verse 10 and 11 says, And Christ lives within you. So even through your body, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. You have been made right with God. You ever heard anybody say, man, I ain't right with God? You're basing it on the wrong person if you're basing it on your behavior. It's all what Jesus did. 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 And it's belief. Stay in belief. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. For His Spirit joins with ours to affirm that we are God's children. Amen, Amen, man. Amen, amen.